All right, I am thrilled to be speaking to my old friend. He's not old, but we're old friends at this point. John Sapachetti, you can find uh, Sap these days at, what is it, the Pick and Roll Podcast, Sap, is that right? Yep, Pick and Roll NBA Podcast with Jet and Sap. That's on full press coverage. I also do a morning podcast with the person who runs and owns the company, Ian Glendon. We talk a lot about football, so you can follow me there and also on Twitter at JohnSap25. So doing a lot of sports, staying out of politics. You wore me out with politics I know. when we were back at the Herald. It was it was too much, too much for me. It no, is. I actually love doing it with you because yeah. you and I both have strong senses of humor, so we always uh, would shake hands, have a lot of fun with it, and no, it wasn't all too serious. Yeah, we took the tripe serious, really, and everything oh. else – Fell off the wayside. Hey, what was that place? If you guys don't know, I'm a big you. You guys do know. I'm a big fan of tripe, Italian mm-hmm. tripe, tripa, or whatever you say, uh, with, with a beautiful marinara sauce. And John Sapachetti uh, is a tripe guy, one of the few. Mm-hmm. And we used to go to this place in the south, uh, in the in Southie. What was the place we used to? Do you remember what it was? Oh, what was the name of that place? Um, right down from the Yell Street Tavern. It, it has a guy's yeah, name. it's got to be Sal's or Vinny's yeah. or one of those Italian names. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't too creative. Italian restaurants are never creative. They're always like the guy's first name or the hometown he was from. Like, you know, it would be Avellino's or Tivoli. Or well, but Roman's let me tell you something about that, Sap. I, like, one moment I hear that it's an Italian restaurant and it's got a different name, like Trattoria something, I'm, I get red flags. It's like, I want it to, yes. I want an old school name so I know that I'm getting old school stuff. I want there to be squingeli there and tripe mm-hmm. there and like gorgeous um, marsalas and things. I don't want a nouveau menu. You know, I don't want gimmicky North End. I want the old school, like um, uh, Mama, Mama Maria, not Mama, what's the, in Ma- Massimino's. Massimino's, no, Massimino's is where we is used to go for tripe too on Endicott Street. Right. Actually, they still have, <laughs> did we go there together? Oh, all the time. That was the guy downstairs who was um, enjoying some uh, amphetamines. I think it's some yes. uppers, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he was waiting on like 52 tables at once. Oh, he was great. Time, he so. was great. So, yeah, we went down there. Um, but there's um, – I'm thinking of uh, Mother – not Mama, not Mother Leone's. Immediately on uh, Hanover Street, the first place on the right, Mother Anna's. Mother Anna's. That's old, old school. I mean, I, my parents went there. Yeah. They would have been 100 if they were still alive. That was like one of the first five or six – Restaurants in the North End, really old school stuff. Yep. Uh, Massimino's was somewhat similar to that. Venezia was a great. Bob Bandanza and Everett, which was oh, great. that was I think right. I think we voted that pound for pound the best. Abandanza, it was right? the best and most expensive, but it was the best. Yeah, yeah, and um, that used to be uh, my go-to was uh, Venezia in the North End, but that that was on the right, mm-hmm. a few doors down. Yes, I think that closed. Yep. So many restaurants have closed now; it's just heartbreaking. Um, oh, oh, you know what? Uh, another one was um, uh, the old Maggio's. You, oh yeah, in Revere. Yep, the old Maggio's in Revere. I, I've heard that there's Great place. A, I've heard that there's an um, what's the place where the meat falls off the bone? Floramos. Yeah, I've heard Floramos opened up a new one opened up in Wakefield where um. Yes. Yeah. Or I haven't. Uh, actually, it's in uh, Malden Center and Wakefield. They opened up two of them. They used to be in Chelsea. So those must have been the, the land. Those must yeah. have been the dock sides that we used to go to. Exactly, right where the dock side was. They don't do tripe. No, they don't. They're more of a family-type restaurant. Tripe has a a cult following, right? And you're like the first person I ever met that wasn't Italian that loved Mm. tripe. So that's that was the – you had me at hello at that point. Oh, yeah. He says, I like tripe. I'm like, really? A guy named Tom Shattuck likes tripe? Yeah. Let's go do it. Well, that's – yeah, my mother was a a stewardess, and they they used to fly all around Europe, and they were just – I get the feeling – my mother was quite a looker. I get the feeling she was treated to tripe Mm. a lot. 
Um, and uh, because I get the feeling that Italian men uh, were f- just fine with American women uh, who were uh, oh, yeah. attractive. Exactly. And you still call her a stewardess instead of a flight attendant. I right. Like that. I do, because she was a stewardess back then. I mean, that's... That's right. The old that's days, what they were called. Like, you could smoke at the Pan Am Lounge upstairs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the pilots were smoking, doing oh, yeah. whatever else was necessary. And drinking, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's... we all saw Denzel Washington in flight, right? Yeah. I mean, he landed the plane upside down, but he landed it. So, um... So you and I are a lot thinner than we were back then. You look yeah. great. You're like legit not a fat guy anymore. I mean, you don't eat. No, I'm about 220 at 5'9", which I was about, when we were working together at the Herald, 260, 265. So I've lost probably yeah. 40, 45 pounds in the last four or five years. Yeah, yeah. And actually, you were never really ridiculously fat. You were just, just good enough to make it into the well, majors, you know? <laughs> You, you know what is that with you and I, Shattuck, is yeah. we were both big guys, but we were never sloppy because we always mm. dressed nicely. We, we knew what colors to wear. Like, we weren't showing up to work in sweatpants like some other big guys at the Herald who show up in sweatpants, <laughs> if you remember. Yeah. Um, you know, so we kind of carried ourselves pretty well. We're both good-looking dudes, I think so, right? You're, you're yeah. looking more and more like a young, you know, uh, William Shatner, which I've always called you. William Shatner? Thing. Wow. Yeah. You William know Shatner, yeah, which is a compliment. I, well, I'll take it, and there's no doubt yeah. about that. But um, um, it's funny because my wife thinks that I looks like like look like uh, Orson Welles, who actually got fat towards the end. But it's just like kind of an intensity look in like crazy. I like it. And either way, she's attracted to it, so I'll, I'll take it. So, Go for it. Um. Oh, by the way, uh, update for you. There's a guy who calls into my show. He's a friend of our our show. Um. And, well, his name is Steve from Gloucester. You know, he's got the caller name that he is. Mm-hmm. Also an Italian guy. He said there's a great tripe place in Gloucester. I got to get that from him. But guess okay. what? He's been picking up his frozen tripe recently, which is not something that we knew about. Right. My oldest brother will pick up frozen tripe at, uh, there's a couple of places, one on Route 1 and one in East Boston. Right. Um, Route the one name is escapes like, me. The one on uh, Route 1 is like Priscilla's or something. It's um Right. I, yeah, I go there for yeah. frozen tripe. But now the um, um, the Jay Pache on Route mm-hmm. One has it. Yep. You remember they exactly didn't, they didn't have it in, in Boston where we were. No, it wouldn't sell there. It just wouldn't yeah. sell because oh. again, it's yeah. such a cult type item. There's a niche following. Um, you know, there's probably what five percent of the population who yeah. even think about eating it. Oh, so you're saying I know what you're saying? Okay, okay. So so the inhabitants of a certain gulch. In Saugus, would be yes. going to that Jay Pache. Yes, yes, uh, kind of near Kelly's. Yes, uh, Putnam Pantry was there. It's still the there. We go, might bring 80s. the kids there. Yep, yep. Uh, I could have a you know uh, an ethnic slur that we could call it yes. that particular. You're gulf, allowed but to. I'm going to save not. that for off air. Hey, hey, let me ask you about Putnam Pantry. It's still a classic place. An ice cream smorgasbord. Does that mm-hmm. do anything for you? Are you an ice cream and sweets guy? Oh, yeah. I mean, I love ice cream. Stay away from it for the most part. But uh, that was the first place I ever went to, even before Steve's, which was in Somerville, my hometown, yeah. where you would go up and they put M&Ms and Jimmy's Ooh. and nuts and crackers or whatever and mix it all together into the ice cream. That was Putnam Pantry, which is across where Kelly's is now. And that, that's actually where they opened up the donut place. Um, what was the donut Wait. place that was huge here for about – Six months and then it kind of they oh left yeah that's yeah. um Krispy Kreme Krispy Kreme yeah they opened up yeah. one across from Kelly's and then it was out of business in a few years the Kelly's 
the Krispy Kreme in Wellington Circle became a Kelly's. I mean, for like a year, it was gangbusters, and then people yeah. stopped going there because it was ridiculous to wait in line an hour and 15 minutes for donuts. I mean, I, I'd do that if I was getting tickets to go see you too, but not to buy donuts. Yeah, and I also don't trust like that, oh, you, when, right when they get out of the oven, it's so gimmicky. So you mm-hmm. need to try them right when they get out of the oven. Like everything is good out of the oven. You know, it's a donut. How great is it going to be? And they also didn't do any of the outreach that Duncan's had done here for years. They had no shot, yep. I, don't, I don't think. No. Um. So uh, you know what's funny? And, and I want to know if this is the same with you. Since you're not, although you're taking the stuff. So you're taking stuff like anti-diabetes stuff, like Ozempic, that kind of stuff, which is the revolution has happened. So that's supposed to kill some addictions. So has that killed your appetite, the adventure? No. No. No, not really. It, the thing is, though, Shattuck, is, again, I'm, I'm eating healthier, so it kind of sways off of that. So I'm not eating sweets as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, you know, little smaller portions, and it's yeah. just taking some of the weight off. So so worse. And then once you see the weight come off, yeah. a little bit of the cravings are down. I will say that because, like, after dinner, I might have a small snack of a few grapes and a piece of pineapple, and that's it. Whereas in the past, I'd go have, like, a second dinner, which, yeah. you know, obviously <laughs> going to put the calories on, so I've yeah. limited myself with that. So it's funny you said that because, you know, when I was doing Awaken 180, which all of, all the radio fat guys do, and you lose tons mm-hmm. of weight, it you ate a lot, but there was no pasta happening. Wow. So uh, so I took my kids to, we went on a vacation to uh, California, and I took them to a fancy Italian restaurant, and they all ordered pasta dishes, like with this gorgeous pink sauce, etc. And I was watching it, Sap, and I hadn't eaten anything like that in six months. And I started to get nervous and then mm-hmm. anxious. And I was looking at the pasta and this gorgeous oily sauce on it. And I was like, holy crap, I have I have an some kind of addiction to this, to what's happening right there. Food is so emotional. It really is. I find mm-hmm. myself now still going on Instagram and just watching pasta. Like 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 I, I should be watching like Kate Upton naked or something. I'm not. I'm I'm watching food. Do you do that or are you or do I just sure. need to check myself well, in somewhere? Well, you know what, what happens with me is if I'm in a restaurant or if I'm over at my brother's house and he's making a pasta dish or ravioli or lasagna, I immediately go back to my mother. I mean, she's been gone 37 years, but she was such a fabulous cook that growing up, like, every night felt like Sunday dinner and Sunday dinner felt like a holiday. So that's my first emotion is, oh, remember oh. when mom made it this way back in 1983 or whatever when I was 20 years old and life was a lot more um, – a lot easier yeah. so that's my first emotion yeah it goes back to the time of i just remember when mom made this so it was so good then and it's still good so that's so interesting sap that is so interesting that you say that because you know my go-to for that is very interesting my go-to for a pasta dish to make myself is like an angel hair or a fettuccine uh, i'm sorry a linguine mm-hmm. with a can of clam sauce like progresso or something mm-hmm. And then you've seen me, you've seen the way I use crushed red pepper, you know, like a cup of crushed red pepper, pepper and then make a slurry with cheese. And the only way I learned about that, even doing that, was my mother had done it in the 90s. Hmm. And and like once I had it, it was, I, I never stopped loving it. You know, she, I went over her house and like finished hers because I'm like a fat guy. And, and then I thought, well, I need to re- replicate this. But I wonder if it is a psychological, it's like, a connection because she's dead yeah. my mother's dead obviously as, as well Me too yeah yeah exactly so maybe it's a freudian thing yeah you know, or, or we, we never want to leave our moms yeah or maybe we're just fat guys and their excuses that but too that too so one of the things that um we used to talk about that i was 
uh, fascinated with was that you used to own a, we call it a diner or a breakfast restaurant in Somerville. I wouldn't call it a diner. I mean, I'm really old fashioned with the diner that, you know, it was a diner cart. Like there were a couple of places in Somerville yep. that had that. It was like Kelly's Diner in Ball Square was the old school diner. Mm-hmm. I'd call it like a breakfast lunch place because we'd be open from seven to three. It was more focused on breakfast, but, you know, we did breakfast all day. But from 11 on, we'd, you know, do whatever else we could do for lunch, burgers, hot dogs, chicken, salads, whatever it may be. But it was more of a breakfast place. But it, it sat right across from Somerville Hospital, sat about yeah. 24 people, and it's the hardest job I've ever had, and I couldn't wait to sell it. <laughs> How long did you have it? 10 years. Had Damn. it for 10 years. And I encourage anyone, whether they graduate college or go right out of high school, go work on a restaurant for three to six months because it's the toughest job you'll ever have. You learn how to deal with people with problems every minute of the day oh. so that when you graduate from college, that's like the one business you don't want to go in. You have to really be married to it as the owner or the manager mm-hmm. or even someone who works there. Because if you're not, it is hell. What was it called? It was called Supreme Kitchen. It was already named that. I didn't come up with that name. It's gone uh, now, though. It, what's that? Is it gone now? No, I sold it and the guy still owns it. Uh, as Supreme 14 Kitchen. 14 years later. Yeah. It's still they Supreme still Kitchen? So still Supreme Kitchen, yeah. Oh, that's great. It's, it's, it was a small place. <clears throat> I bought it, Shattuck, because I was closing down a deli, which is also very complicated to yeah. run, you know, slicing cold cuts for like, you know, 30% profit and having some old Italian woman screaming at you that <laughs> the prosciutto is not th- thin enough. Yes. Uh, it got a little bit uh, tiring after a while. But then I kind of traded that for the diner, and the diner was literally 75 feet from my house. Like I walked up yeah, my driveway, yeah. took a right, and it was four doors down. And I still was always late because I, I never really liked it. Working in the food industry is way too difficult for someone like me. Working with you at the Herald, I never felt like I went in one day of work. I mean, <laughs> you remember, I was doing a 6 a.m. show. I was getting there at 4.15 in the morning, and I felt like I was going to uh, a party in the morning uh, rather than going to work because that, to me, wasn't even work. That was something I loved doing. But, as yeah, and, and that was it was fun. And, and it was mm-hmm. – but we were grinding, but it was fun. I mean, there's no, there no doubt oh, about yeah. that. I mean, what a, it was a dream job. Um, so uh, so where do you, for breakfast place, you, you didn't serve any booze, I assume. No, no. There was a liquor store next to us, but we never let, you know. You know what? Technically, I'm trying to think because, you know, there are some places around that don't have a liquor license, but you can bring your own beer or bring your own booze in. I wonder, I should have probably cultivated that with the liquor store next door if you want to come in and drink Bloody Marys in the morning. But with my luck, I'd have got caught and shut down within a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there there are... I'm sure you know nothing about this, but there are people you need to pay off if you want the people to look yeah. the other way. Um, but there are in Davis Square. There, are, there were a couple of old places that did serve early and also mm-hmm. have uh, booze, have booze. So how do you make your money in breakfast? Because it seems to me that's a low dollar item. Yeah, it's a low dollar item. Although now when you go for breakfast, Shadow, just look at the prices. I, I mean, things are like astronomical. Like three pancakes is like twelve bucks now. I, yeah. I was selling it for like five ninety five now. We sold the place like 14 years ago, so obviously right. food costs have gone up. But to put together a really nice breakfast isn't all that costly, more so now than it was 14 years ago. But the basic breakfast of three eggs, bacon, home fries, toast, you can get away with that for about two bucks. So if you sell it for seven or eight bucks, okay. you're making five, six bucks per ticket. So hopefully if you can get 100 people in the morning, there's $500 net profit and you're on your way. Uh, the key with breakfast is being staffed properly, uh, right. you know. I've always looked at payroll as an investment, not a cost, 
because if you have good people working there, the business will come. And it's better to have two people working comfortably than one person running around crazy. That's the way you have to run a restaurant. You know, and sometimes the service will go, I can handle the whole day by myself. I go, you're not going to make as much money because you're not going to be as good at your job right. as you should be. You know, so that's the theory I always had. But you can make money on breakfast, absolutely, because there's good markup on that. Uh, it's, had you worked in a kitchen before? Never. Okay. Never. I, I never knew even how to cook. I, I just yeah. like said, let's try it because, you know, that's my mentality. Let, let's do it. Um, and uh, I kind of learned. I had some people working there that really helped and showed me and I kind of let them run with it. But no, I had never owned a restaurant before. I owned a deli, a sporting goods store, all different types of things, um, but never owned a restaurant before. Never even worked in a restaurant and opened it up. And, and it was trial by error for sure. So, yeah, I remember talking to you about this at one time, and you said, like, one of the easy things was a corned beef hash because it came in a big can. And, like, I've yep. never had a bad corned beef hash, and I'm so sure 90% of it comes in just big cans. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is I know a lot of people that preferred the can to, you know, you go into, like, these high-end breakfast places, and it's roast beef hash or some other kind of hash that they've doctored up. Oh, yeah. Made it from it can, scratch, and it's really not that good. People don't like it. It can be, they like it, it right can from be obnoxious. Can. It can be obnoxious. Yeah. It's hash. It's not, right. you know, filet mignon. It's not, you know, roasted duck. I mean, it's hash. Like, you know, sometimes the stuff in the can is just fine. Put it on the grill. Make yep. sure it's cooked properly and throw some eggs on it that run on it. And people have a blast oh, yeah. with that and toast and home fries are on their way. Yeah. Oh, I love I live for that. One of the reasons, one of the ways that I get fat is just getting cans of hash and eating it. I don't get that anymore. There's, there are things I've sworn off. But, oh, it's good. If I go out for breakfast, I, when me and Alice go out with the kids. I, I consider one breakfast a week a cheat day because it's too mm -hmm. good. Breakfast is too good. And now they have more stuff. I'm up in breakfast country up here, you know, near Newburyport, Massachusetts. There, you mm -hmm. know, there are more diners, et cetera. And now everybody offers you um, uh, hollandaise sauce on the side. Yes. And, um, and uh, like sausage gravy. So I'm like going mm -hmm. to town here making just this gooey mess of gorgeousness. I mean, did, did you, did you, you probably didn't have sausage gravy back then. Oh, yeah, we did. You did. Yeah. We, yeah. Absolutely. We do country fried steak oh. with sausage gravy, oh, biscuits, that's my go -to. Um, home fries and eggs. It was a nice breakfast. We used to have a, a steak and eggs dinner. I'd buy like um, nice sirloin steaks. They were like seven, eight ounces. It was a good quality meat to go with the eggs, home fries, and toast. I, my prices were too low. I, I just enjoyed you know, making people yeah. happy, making sure they were eating. I should have been up on my prices. I probably would have made more money and stayed in business a little bit longer uh, without trying to sell it. But, uh, yeah, we would do all that stuff. Hollandaise sauce was pretty much reserved for Eggs Benedict. Right. But now I know that it's being used in other areas besides Eggs Benedict. So what's the breakfast go-to place for you guys? There's a place in Newburyport called FM Station that mm -hmm. this, this – um, this fam it's family run, which is great because they're a well oiled machine, and uh, I think they're 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 Hispanic. The family, um, um, so it's like a lot of times you can you go to restaurants and people are yelling at each other in Greek or Italian or whatever you know, and you can the, the staff or whatever. <laughs> but these people, maybe it's because it's mostly women. These people are there's no yelling. They're just so good and quick and fast at what they do. We love FM Station. Oh, there's a great place, Sap, that you would love. Um, oh, you would love. I know that you've never gambled before, but there's a place up <laughs> in Seabrook uh, called Master McGrath's, which is okay. it's an old. As a matter of fact, it used to be an old betting place because you know you, there used to be dog racing in Seabrook down the street. Sure, this is a a great old place. 
family style place. They've got the the huge uh, prime rib on Sunday, which is like ninety mm. percent fat and au jus, and oh, it's you would love. There's some great places to hit up here, which in it, which are affordable. Everything is expensive now, but more affordable um, than certainly it um, that than it used to be. But that's up here. What's your go to? Do you have go to? Well, I like the Irontown Diner in Saugus. Yeah, Saugus Wakefield line. It's actually it's where right Joe had a place years ago. And uh, I think this place was smaller and it expanded. I think it's the best breakfast sorry, place. Sorry, sorry, I, I stepped on you right there. Who had a place? Joe Pachi uh, had a oh. place in this plaza. It's in the Saugus Wakefield. It's on the it's, Saugus it, Wakefield it's line. Saugus Wakefield, Medford. I'm right, yeah, yeah, I'm very yeah, familiar right with in it. that area there. So, yeah. and then I think they moved to where they are now. Uh, the other part of Saugus, where you go and get your tripe or wherever else, they've got that that Up really great shop underneath with a function hall above it, yes. which has been closed since COVID. It's a really good place. But uh, this place, Irontown Diner in Saugus, yeah. had a small place and expanded. I think they make the best breakfast around. It's, it's really fantastic. Um, so clean. The people are so mm. nice. It's a well, like you said, a well-oiled machine. The coolest thing is when you go out to breakfast with, like, you're going with like, five kids. Yeah. Okay, it's so great when seven people get their breakfast all together. Like, that's when you know that's a really well-run place. Yeah. The places that aren't well-run, you know, two of the kids will get something, and then four oh. minutes later, another kid gets one, and then it's you chaos because kids are looking for food at that point. Oh, yeah, and it's a, kids are ticking time bombs, too. The moment you yes. get in a place, they they got to start throwing stuff at them, like the little, the little yep. uh, coloring books, crayons. Mm-hmm. They need their little stupid drinks with stuff. I mean, they ha- – they, they need the little ones need something or else they're going to explode because people with kids know that a lot of times you you end a breakfast or a meal with one parent out in the car with a bad behaved kid while the other parents just finishing eating can be tough that may have been the reason i sold it is you know bad acting kids maybe maybe that was the reason i sold the place because i i I can't i don't have kids so i can't deal with that stuff but you're right that's always the case oh kids are terrible no no and you keep having more so you know explain i know i just because She's pretty, and I just do what I'm told. I don't know. I, I, I mean, three out of five are mistakes, Sap. Or, or well, I was, I was set up. Or, now you're honest at least about yeah. that, so that's good. I like that. And what was the one son who despised you? That's we Anson. Together with Harold. That's that's the kid who pointed the fork at me. Yes. Yeah, that's Anson. There, there have subsequently been two more that despise me. I think it's a you problem, not that. <laughs> no, I don't blame them for despising me. Who can despise Shatter? Come on. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. All right, so um, so let's get back to uh, some of the breakfast stuff. Um, you have you and I have tussled over, had uh, debates over. I believe that I make a perfect um, a grilled cheese. I don't believe it needs any help, but you insist mm. on coming from this universe where you want to slather mayo on both sides of the bread no just one side well okay let let me back it up so the best way to make a grilled cheese is on the flat top right yes whatever pan you're going to use Mm -hmm. so you have the two pieces of bread you put the cheese on one side of each slice of the bread on the other side of the bread you put a thin thin amount of mayo you don't slop it on and it's not like you're making a roast beef or a turkey sandwich Mm -hmm. and then you lay that part with the mayo on the flat top and let it grill up. And then after a few minutes, you take one of them and put it on top of the other. So now it looks like a grilled cheese sandwich, flip it over again, and it's perfect. So the only place you put the mayo is on the outside of the two pieces of bread, not on the inside. And it just goldens it up. It okay. really does. Okay. All right. So that's aesthetic. Not within the cheese. Yeah, not within the cheese. You no, no, I got you. I cheese. got you. Okay. So that's, yep. um, that's a, you're, you're, that's disinformation. 
the, the, the bread's been mailed and it's a, it's you're falsifying the aesthetic of the of the sandwich. I wonder yes, if that, is that exactly. a thing you do in food to make stuff to give it. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant. Well, it looks better. It yeah. looks better too because it's almost glistening. Yeah. Because you know the mayo and then it's so creamy on the outside. And the key with any sandwich, and this is the one thing that used to set me off in the restaurant. Like I wouldn't care. If, like one time, someone broke through the glass door and stole the cash register, and I just came in and started doing business that day mm-hmm. the cops were like why aren't you angry i go well, whatever someone took a cash register we'll get another one but if someone didn't cut the toast properly it has to go corner to corner can't yep. be straight and i had one guy used to cut it it looked like new hampshire and vermont which really set me off because like pick a side you know either go corner yeah. to corner or straight don't go halfway but i like corner to corner it just looks better with toast and anytime you have a sandwich would and you tell your staff cheese. is it better to over butter or under butter in terms of the mayo? Oh, oh no, no, the toast. toast. That's a tough one. That's a tough one because a lot of places now give you butter on the side, which yeah. I don't like because those pats are still kind of really cold. Cold. You know, like I go to this yeah. one place in New Hampshire for pancakes, and I've told them a million times, get whipped butter for pancakes, not the pats of butter because you put the pat of butter on the pancake, it doesn't do anything. No, God, no. There. That's ridiculous. That's fireable. Yeah. I probably told you one time that my brother and I, remember the old Marshall House restaurant? Sure. It was near the Union Oyster House seafood place, which is a good mm-hmm. place. Um, one time we went there and we ordered, we ordered, we got both got both lobsters and we asked, she didn't bring us any drawn butter. So we said, can we get some butter with this place? And she brought over pads of butter. Oh, man. Ooh, for a seafood place in Boston, that's pretty much fireable. I mean, it's nothing personal, young lady, but we can't have this. No, it's like in Goodfellas, when Ray Liotta talks about, I can't find any gravy out here. It looks like ketchup with water you know in arizona when he was you know in the witness protection program yeah hey by the way where are you on uh, i have i learned the cheat as a young man of putting ketchup on a on top of a grilled cheese sandwich where are you on that after it's cooked putting it on top of it yes. i've never thought of that i'm not a big ketchup guy shattuck I, I i like it a little bit with french fries yep pretty much that's about it even now on a burger i used to put a little bit you know on a burger i don't even do that anymore so i I could live the rest of my life without ketchup and i'd be just fine is this you being an italian and being offended by sugar and tomatoes or is this you staying away from the sugar in the just the taste i'm not a big condiments guy really yeah hot dogs is strictly cheap yellow french's mustard just a little bit on the hot dog no relish onions and all sorts of other things i'm not a big condiments guy i'm not i you know what it is shattuck when Someone puts the food in front of me. I just start eating it. I like I've yeah. gone out with friends where I finish breakfast and they're still putting salt, and pepper on eggs, and buttering toast, and I'm like already done. Like uh, I'm just ready to go home at that point. Yeah. I, so it's funny you say that because I am. I have got like this is a just as a very fat guy thing. I carry and I keep in the car like hot sauces to bring into the restaurant <laughs> with me, which is another addiction. It just totally is. There's no doubt about that. Like why right. do I have to feel pain with this? Like. With this lobster roll, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, Do you carry grated cheese with you? I just remember going out to eat with you, tripe, and you would have, I would say, probably six to eight ounces of grated cheese Yeah, inside the dish. That was always embarrassing because I'd have to steal some off the other table. Oh, by the way, one of of the places you and I did that, I think, was uh, the Chateau, and they are done with tripe at every location. That's right. Yep, I remember that. Well, they were done with tripe in Braintree when you and I were there, there, but the last holdout was Andover. And uh, yeah, now they're done. It's that that hurt because their tripe was good. Excuse it was good. Me. The bread I didn't like because they would give you scally bread sliced, which just doesn't eh. work. You got to have the real bread that you can dunk in. 
in the gravy. I call it gravy. Most people call it sauce. Yeah. That's why abundance is good because they bake their own bread. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, in, are, you, are you using bread as a sponge or using bread to enjoy bread? Uh, both. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a Glenn Ordway type answer. Sorry, but you know, <laughs> I like to use it to sponge up the gravy, Oof. and then also as an enjoyment because you know what Italian doesn't love bread. Yeah, yeah. So, Noah, are you a conch squingili guy? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'll eat that. It's yeah. so I eat almost anything. The only thing I won't eat is liver and onions. It's like the yeah. only meal that I would refuse to eat, not because I'm, you know. Upskeeving liver. I mean, I eat tripe, yeah. so what's the difference? But I just don't like the taste or the texture of it. No, yeah, I've tried to make that myself, and I've been like put off mm. it for decades afterwards. Yeah. So, uh, okay, your go-to sap. You are going to make the most succulent, wonderful t- pasta dish in on the earth for a date, or just somebody you care about more than, or maybe even yourself. What is that dish like? It's going to be covered the least, which the is. Basically, it's it's not quite a gnocchi, but it's got kind of a potato base, but I call it a pasta. It's a very small pasta. Try it sometime. Next time you go to the supermarket, just look for Cavadilis. How are you spelling that? frozen. How are you spelling that? C-A-V-E-T-E-L-L-I. Cavadilli. I think that's how oh, it's spelled. Oh, I see. That. Okay, it is like gnocchi. It is kind of like gnocchi, but it's, a, it's not quite as heavy. It's not as dense as gnocchi, and I like that in a bolognese sauce. Okay, and that's bolognese is essentially bacon and and um, a pork, lamb, kind yeah. of all ground up together. It's almost like a. It's not like a chili. I know in like Cincinnati, yeah. there's chili with the Mueller's egg noodles, which is a big dish. Dude, we uh, had in the Midwest. A, the woman who sings the song that we're about to hear. Uh, she sent us some Cincinnati chili. It, okay, that I've, I've had before. That you're right. You can put on pasta. That you can put uh, like onions in. I think it's delicious, but it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like. Like Hormel's chili. There's no doubt about that. Okay, so no, we've got the cav- cavatilli and you bolognese sauce. And are you adding crushed red pepper? Are you what? Are, are you adding anything else to it, or is that straight up? Well, you are. You, you're am, definitely adding crushed red pepper. No, I haven't yet no, begun to doctor up this cavatilli. Cheese. Grated cheese. Yeah, and grated is this Parmesan or Romano or both? I like Romano better. It's got a little stronger taste, but any kind of grated cheese works for me. And sometimes you can get that grated cheese where there's like multiple grated cheeses. So it yes. gives it a really nice flavor. Throw a little bit in that. Not as much as you put in. No. But enough to really complement the dish. But cavadilli with bolognese sauce. Oh, my God. It's so good. By the way, I want to say that I like fresh Parmesan and fresh Romano, but there's a mm-hmm. place for the stuff in the container, too. Yeah. It's Hell more, yeah. It's more pliable. My uncle who works or who did work in kind of like the food grain business, et cetera, uh, told me that a lot of the the um, over the counter stuff that you get it has wood in it. Did you know that? Mm, I didn't know that. Doesn't matter to me. I mean, it could be plutonium, no. and I'd still eat it. No problem with it. All right, Sap. What's the podcast again? And how's uh, Jet? And roll, how's Jet doing? The Pick and Roll NBA podcast with Jet and Sap on full press coverage, and also I on four mornings a week with Ian Glendon uh, around nine thirty. We talk mostly football, but a little basketball, hockey, whatever else is on the agenda. But that's uh, with full press coverage. Here we go. That is my friend, the great John Sapachetti. Sap, thank you, my friend. Anytime, Mr. Shattuck. Well, I hate nostalgia because I can't climb up that hill without thinking your name. I hate nostalgia. I still think about you. It's been so long. I'm so lame. I hate nostalgia. Hope you hate it too Hope you wonder What am I doing And how I'm pursuing I 
Sometimes think about me. 